the Professionally Speaking Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Professionally Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Warner, Director and Executive Coach at Professional Presentation Services. And with me today is Lori Flasco. She's the founder and CEO of Lori Flasco and Associates. She's a keynote speaker, a trainer, a professional coach. She's an expert in customer service, and she's a published author. So thank you very much, Lori, for coming on today. All right, and thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And just building off one of our earlier conversations, I was really curious if you could share with our listeners kind of a little bit about your journey and how you became so established and, and such a, an accomplished professional trainer. Absolutely. Well, I have to tell you, it's probably started way back at that first job in hospitality, uh, working in a restaurant. And that was kind of where everything started. I, um, I worked for the federal government for a number of years. And from there, I was um, invited to help out a friend opening up the very first casino in Niagara. And that was exciting because there was 3,500 employees that we got to train in a very short period of time. And then I went on and opened up all the racetrack slots and charity casinos in the province doing customer service and leadership training. And that just started my business. So right after that, I started to go out and do a lot of training and customized training and consulting. And that was the start of it. That's interesting. So you got your start in, in actually in the public sector and government. Is that right? That's right. Yes, I was there for 13 years as an investigation and control officer. So it was very different going to training. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and I've kind of had some experience there too. I was kind of curious now that you brought that up. You have experience in the private sector and corporations as well, right? Well, I worked, so I, do, I have since then. I mean, I've done a lot of training in corporate in the corporate world and helping them build their business in the consulting and training capacity. Yes. Have you noticed any, any key differences or anything that sticks out when you think about the difference between public sector, the government type training versus private sector, corporate type training? You know, it's, it's interesting because I do, and I've been doing a lot of training with municipalities and regions and cities, also with colleges, universities. And so I'm very fortunate. The clients that have, that have come to me, they come because they have a real want to do better, to improve their customer experience, to help build their culture. So I found that the same wherever I've worked. I might have found that a little bit different when I worked for the federal government. It was a different, you know, <laughs> different environment and culture back then as an employee versus kind of when I've come in and done some training. Gotcha. And the types of training and services that you do, I, I know that from our past conversations, you do a lot of customer service training and you mentioned leadership training. Uh, have you done any other types of training? I just kind of want to give a scope to the listeners as to the... Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, so customer service, absolutely. Leadership, when we do things like five dysfunctions of a, of a team and building strong teams, strong leaders, emotional intelligence, communication skills. And then I'll, I'll often get called in to do some customized work with the entire organization. And that, again, might be something around communication. It might be uh, one team I'm working with is building those resilience skills. So we're doing some work across the board on that. So how do you build your resilience? 
I do a lot of work around using tools like Myers-Briggs type indicator and different personality tools. And those are great because it helps us understand our own strengths and similarities and also some differences around the room. So, you know, that can certainly turn into communication training, team building, all sorts, all sorts of work like that. That that's interesting. Absolutely, I can just imagine with regard to the the Myers Briggs and the it's a really good. Uh, I guess you'd say like jumping off point when you can tangibly point to something and say this is what the evidence shows of where we absolutely. So whether you're using that for leadership, whether you're using that for teams, whether you're using that to understand your customers better, there's so many different approaches and advantages to using just a tool like that. I mean, it's not an everything, but it's a really good way of starting that discussion and starting to see one one way that you can grow even better. Mm-hmm. Right. I know we, we mentioned uh, briefly the different types of areas and fields that you've worked with. Is there any field that you work with more often than others, for example, or can you give us an idea of that? You know what? It's funny. It's across the board. So I know right now I'm, you know, I've got some regions and some municipalities that I'm working with. Um, I'm working with a college and university and also a greenhouse. So I mean, (laughs) uh, and a security organization. So very diverse. And I've worked with utilities. I've worked in manufacturing. Uh, I've worked a lot with uh, with credit unions and financials. So it's across the board. And I think that comes because whether it's somebody has heard about me through or had a referral through the work that I've done on customer experience or the work that I've done on teams, they've heard that. And because it's a referral, they, they call me and they say, hey, can you come and do that with my team? And that's how I have kind of expanded into the variety of different industries. Yeah, that sounds that sounds entirely plausible. It's exactly how it happens for for myself, and I'm sure for some others too. Uh, have you noticed any any situations that you've been kind of referred into where the, the customer service or the the customer experience, I guess, that they're requesting the, the type of training, you have to modify it a little bit based on the the different types of customers? Oh, absolutely. And I and Ryan, that's one of the things that I do is I've had companies that might call and say, can you come in and deliver, you know, an off the shelf training? And, and we have quite a discussion about that because, you know, they're, they're transferable skills, certainly. But if an organization really wants to make a difference, they're going to look at where they are right now in terms of their service and what do they need to do to get even better. So I'll go in and I'll really learn their their terminology about their customer, about the pathway that a customer would go through. And sometimes I will actually go in and do a a shop or do an analysis as an experience, as a customer walking through that organization. So I can see what it feels like and I can identify some spots where they can get even better. I can see places where they shine and everybody needs to do it that way. So my, um, I think that's one of the things that makes me very different is I do make sure that I am speaking the language of the participants, all of the, the case studies, all of the work is all customized and tailored using a framework that I use because that that's what I found the framework has been successful, but then it's how do we put that together and make sure that it is customized, that there are 
um, measurable elements there for my, uh, my client to be able to see so that they can, even after the training, make sure that it's sustainable and that it continues on. Right. That, that makes total sense. And I mean, uh, speaking from just from listening to you, this, from my perspective, I've seen many times where the optics of the company or the organization is we want to level up our communication or we want to level up our customer service. And sometimes they're not quite sure what that entails or, or, or what, it, what it's going to look like, how it's going to unfold. So I imagine with your, your formula, your framework that no doubt has evolved and, and, and become polished over time that you can actually tangibly put steps to that and then kind of show them this is where we started and this is where we are now type of thing. Absolutely. So I'm really curious, you just mentioned your experience as part of your, your process sometimes uh, involves you jumping into a customer role and getting a feel for the way that the organization runs. What's that like for you uh, being, being, I guess, in the situation where you have to try to act naturally as a customer while at the same time making notes or trying to process what's happening? Well, you know what? It's it's funny. A lot of people would say, oh, that's great because I, I do it in a variety again of different industries. So I, one of my clients uh, operates landfill and I've gone in as a customer bringing some things to the landfill and, and going to each one of the different areas there. I've done it as, as a customer at a utilities, calling in, asking some questions. I've done it you know, in a hotel and a restaurant. So very different. And, you know, it sounds like it's fun you get to go out for dinner and, or you get to go to a spa and you think that's wonderful. Yet it is a lot of work, Ryan, because you are watching, you're documenting, you're making notes of things that they're doing great missed opportunities where if that was incorporated, it would make the service even better. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, it's, it's a, it's a fabulous way of doing it but it takes a lot of effort and concentration because sometimes I'll have organizations that say, you know, we're having a lot of difficult customers, a lot of complaints. What can we do here? So I might make a telephone call and be an upset customer Mm -hmm. and see what's how they are dealing with things and was it resolved? And if it wasn't, what were some of the things that were getting in the way? All of that is laid out with the organization ahead of time. We decide what they want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And then based on that, I go in and do a little bit of digging and analysis. And then I can also go in and I've also done along with that, I sat down and observed. So the, the employees know that I'm there. We know they know that I'm there to help. We're observing, they're providing information. So again, it, it creates a great relationship up front and it's a very customized product. As you're speaking, my mind's racing of just all the different scenarios I imagine that you've kind of experienced over the years in in the, you know, the wealth of different atmospheres. But I can imagine in particular, if you were at a a dinner, as you mentioned, or, you know, evaluating the service or, or something like that of that nature, it would be stressful, you know, trying to to document and take note of as many, you know, elements of the experience as you can in real time. Because it would be difficult, I guess you'd say it'd be difficult to relax and enjoy it as a customer experience because you're you're not there. You're you're actually there to try to help identify needs and help them fill the gaps. And recorders are great. I mean, <laughs> I've got the recorder and um, it's always there and handy for sure. Yeah, keeping track of things. 
Yeah. And you know what, when people are there to, in my experience as well, when people are, when they know that you're there and they know that you're there to support them and to, to help them because you want them to succeed and you want them to, to thrive, it's a much better dynamic than if people just think you're there uh, and they don't know any other context, right? Because they yeah. sometimes go into a defensive mode or, or a protective mode, become a little bit guarded and it doesn't really give you a full scope or for the full picture of what's happening. And a lot of other consequences could uh, trickle down. Well, and, and it's done very delicately and that's important. Even the way the training's rolled out, it's done with the support of the employees. So employees sometimes also provide some information via questionnaire, anonymous, um, different ways like that. And then, you know, even in the training, let's say we bring something that maybe there is a, a report, a document that's completed with some of that mystery shopping information. It's all done anonymously. It's all done where no one is ever identified. And even, you know, one of the things that's great, my, my head just went to right now, one of the skills, missing skills that I have found almost across the board is empathy. So whether we're looking at it, you know, in customer, and I look at it in terms of customer service, or we're looking at it in leadership and team, but let's say, for example, in customer service, uh, I was working with a not-for-profit organization that was dealing with their clients and, and there was mental health and, 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 and different um, drug abuse involved. And there was some, again, they knew that there was mystery shopping. They knew that all this was happening. And when they actually looked at what, and they all thought they were providing, you know, empathy statements, they were, they rated themselves very high on this. And yet when they actually saw what was done, when things were transcribed, they went, oh my gosh, I didn't, we didn't say it. And, and what a big learning for them. And it was done again in a way where they were involved. It wasn't an, I got you. No one at all ever got the, I got you. It was let's learn from this. And then how do we implement these skills and then get even better? And, uh, and so you saw them learn and grow and they were like, wow, this is, this is amazing. And when they started to be able to use it and they started to be able to see some of the results was when they really got excited and things started to change. Now that was very, uh, very telling for them because they, again, thought they did it and then they saw they didn't. And then they started to put these things into action, which made a big difference. Oh yeah. I imagine it would. It's, it's very curious to me, or I'm very curious, I should say about how, when people, they continually, they do the same operation, same repetitive operation and the same result occurs. And then when they realize if you show them, if you just change this, or if we use different language or a different approach, and then they see the actual different yield, if you want to say that they realize that, oh, wow, like a light bulb goes almost like I can, and then, and then you're off to the races, right? Like I can do even better. And then what if we change something else? Right. You're right. And you're right, Ryan. Sometimes it's the smallest little things that make the biggest difference. <laughs> Not hard, right? Not hard things. Do you typically do, is it like a one or two day type training or do you work with them for on a longer term basis? Completely depends on what they want. So if an organization just wants me to come in and do some customer service training, that might be, you know, again, depending on their budget, it might be a day, it might be a couple days, it might be over a period of time. I have one client that we've been working together for a year 
And it's, you know, it, it's looking at their management, rolling it out to their employees and, and finishing up to making sure that it's sustainable. One of my clients I've worked with for about 15 years, they have 500 employees. And every time a new employee comes in, they go through the training. And then I customize that training for the departments and for what's, what's happening. So, that if there's a need, we have that discussion about what it is, what they're hoping to accomplish, and then the training um, or coaching or whatever it is, is, is uh, based on that. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, but I, I'm confident that you can deliver a very, uh, let's say, articulate response. Okay. <laughs> so for those uh, listeners out there who are in like, maybe in a leadership role and their team or their department they have an inkling that they could level up their customer support, their customer service, and they would like to try something. They're, they're willing to try something or to, to make a shift Just, without knowing the specific industry or the terminology, which you mentioned earlier, and I agree is very valuable to know, but I guess just generically, is there any like a good first or second step that you would suggest that they, they do some, some advice for them? So if they're looking at doing it themselves, Ryan, is that kind of your question? Yeah, if they'd like to try and they want to say like, they want to hear some information that could help them out. Right. Okay. Well, first of all, it would depend. So let's pick, what do we want? Do we want some team building? Do we want some coaching? You pick one that uh, you think they're calling for. Yeah, sure. Let's say that the, let's say their team is having some issues with, they've had uh, some comments from their customers that their customer experience wasn't up to par. Mm -hmm. So for them, they want to do, gosh, do your own analysis. So find out, talk to your customers, what, what happened? Why, you know, what are, what are they seeing? Cause you have to see it from your customer's perspective. So you can, and there's a lot of places that really don't call their customers or don't find out from their customers. So what is it that your customer needs? Um, sort of track some of those patterns, identify, you know, what have the complaints been? Are there patterns? Is it just an individual um, situation and, and how it was handled? And then truly go through as a customer, starting from the phone call or the website, pretend you're that customer and walk through the whole entire process. So, you know, if you think about one customer, think about, you know, who it is, how old they are, what some of their issues are, and then be that customer, whether you're making a telephone call, whether you're Googling it and try, and, and you can let all of your staff know that you're doing this and go through and see what the service is like, and then be honest, be honest with, um, like map it out and look at what did we do really well? Did we hit all of these steps? What do we need to improve on? And then what can we do to make it even better? How can we raise that wow factor and have some brainstorming? But before you even get to that wow factor, those standards, those initial things have to all be in place and consistent, having, having consistent standards across the board. So getting team members, it's best to get the team members involved. And, you know, depending on who it is, a lot of times we might, uh, decisions are made at a upper level and aren't even, in, aren't even including the front line. And the front line are the ones that, you know, make things happen and can see gaps. And so that's really where you want to start. Get them excited, get them engaged, get them involved and, and have it as a, we're doing a great job already. How do we get things even better? 
So the, the approach and the attitude also is key. I love that. I love that. I think that's great advice. See, I had faith in you, Laura, and you delivered. That was oh, good. <laughs> good, Ryan. Thanks. No problem. So in all of your, your years, and like I said, the, the, you know, plethora of training that you've done, do you have an experience or two you could share with us that would really, um, I guess, shine a light on, on what you do and how it helps people? Oh my goodness. I, I do. So one of my clients, and I don't know if you've heard of them, they're White Oaks Conference Resort and Spa, and they're in Niagara on the Lake. They're uh, just a family run business that is amazing. That has quite a reputation all across actually Canada, US, and wherever I travel, usually somebody has been there. So it's amazing. No matter where I go, I'll mention it and they'll say, oh yeah, I've been there and their service is phenomenal. So I started out with um, the organization, they doing some leadership training, really working with their management leadership team. And shortly after they became number two employer in Canada. And then they said, we want to up our game. So they wanted a custom, a customer service program. They'd already gone through, you know, the super host and some of the, the canned programs. But they wanted something that really uh, looked at the great work that they were already doing and taking it up that next level. So we designed something very customized for them. And then once all the employees went through that, we then brought it up to the next level, which was a, a wow, kind of creating that wow experience and did it departmentally. And really cool is that uh, they the program, all of the training was recognized by uh, the Chamber of Commerce, the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. So that was an exciting time for them. Their sales, their customer service, they have received so many rewards and recognition within the hotel, within the spa. And I think that that goes to having a really strong leadership team, knowing what's important, having strong mission values, where everyone, again, goes along with that and letting that role, knowing that the customer is the most important reason why they're in business, why we're all in business, and then determining what can we do to create these wow these wow experiences? How can we get rid of policies and procedures that stop that? How do we um, identify those? And uh, how do we balance, you know, things like expenses and things so so that we're not, especially in times like today, so we're not um, taking away that service? How do we become creative in the way that we deliver things? So for me, that was a phenomenal example and experience that I've worked with. And, you know, along with that, I would say, Ryan, most of the work, I don't think I've ever had an experience that I haven't enjoyed or I haven't learned from myself, whether it's coaching or speaking or training. And I, I do a lot of all of those. All right. Yeah. Thank you for that story. The follow-up question I have, and I know we're, we're kind of running, uh, running to the end on time here, but the follow-up question I have is at this point in your career, being a professional trainer for, for many years. Uh, what's one type of training or, or one element of your job that you really look forward to and you really, uh, you, you know, you mark it on your calendar, let's say. Um, I love variety. So I don't, I don't mark one thing when I have, you know, I have maybe customer service. I have a keynote on kindness. I love, um, talking about kindness. Kindness is something that's wrapped up into everything I do. So when I, I guess as I'm talking, that's probably it. If I'm able to put what excites me and is able to change the world 
into everything I do, whether it's team building, service, coaching, and I do a lot of keynote speaking on kindness, that's what excites me. So not just one thing, but all of them. But as you as you just said, I think when I get to in um, incorporate that through everything, that really just excites me. All right. Yeah, I can see it. I mean, for those of you who are just listening, we're having this conversation on Zoom, but it's it's definitely it's apparent in your voice and, and you're, you can see you're kind of, you know, lifted up when you're talking about kindness. So that's that's excellent. The The last question I'll ask you, and it kind of branching off the kindness topic, you mentioned some research with Stanford University. I'm really, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. So right now I'm in, um, I'm in a applied compassion training at Stanford. I've been doing a lot of work on kindness and I've been doing, a, and, and just witnessing how kindness can make a difference in culture, in leadership and in the customer experience. And I think now more than ever, when we look at things like compassion, we look at, um, there's a world that's hurting. And so when we, um, when we think about uh, incivility, for example, in the workplace, what we know is when somebody is rude or they gossiped or they stabbed somebody in the back or called somebody out, people are uh, three times less likely to help out uh, someone else in need and about uh, 50% less likely to share information. That's from Catherine Proath, who's uh, an expert in civility. And so when you look at something like that and how it can impact everything that you do, we want to make sure that we're countering that with things like kindness, things like empathy, and, and really um, providing the skills to be able to deal with difficult customers, how to work better together as a team, how to be a great leader, to be able to walk the talk with kindness, with service, and how to you know, uh, set those standards and then how, how to also hold people accountable. So I think you know, that's some of the exciting research when we start to look at these things really have an impact and make a difference. There's so much study around that and brain science it's very exciting when you start looking at these are simple things that are in our DNA to begin with. And yet when we stretch it and practice it, it can make a big difference on your bottom line, culture, leadership, customer experience, morale, engagement, all of those things. Yeah, for sure. Just as you were speaking in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, that's a lot to unpack there. We could do a whole nother episode just on <laughs> We could. <laughs> just on that because, oh, you're right. There's so many elements to it. The, the, the approach, walking the talk, and then like, you know, trying to make sure that you're following, you know, the vision or the priorities that you've set. And then what does that look like? And how is that reinforced down the line? There's just, <laughs> there's a lot there, but yeah, Lori, uh, before you, before we end this podcast, I really wanted, I wanted to give you the opportunity, well, to tell folks, how can they get a hold of you and how can they get in contact with you if they're interested in having you come in and doing some, some work with them? Oh, that's great, Ryan. Um, my website is www.loriflasco.com. So that's pretty easy. They can email me, call me. I'm on social media, um, connect with me on LinkedIn. I have a weekly, actually, it's an irregular, but it comes out often weekly newsletter with all kinds of tips and advice that and things to inspire the work environment. So often things will come out there with new programs, a lot of online and virtual learning these days are happening. Uh, so yeah, they can connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, email, whatever 
best suits them. Good old telephone conversation always works too. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So there you have it. You can reach out to Lori if you're looking to level up your customer service or your leadership or a variety of other services and training. She'd be happy to chat with you and, and see if uh, she could step in and, and help your team and help your organization and help even you individually, I imagine. Is that right? Sorry, Lorraine, I'm speaking for you. Is you, that right? <laughs> you did it great. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> no problem. All right. So that about wraps up this episode. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.